Welcome to Banega Swastanja podcast. Our focus is one health, one planet, one future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because Swast Bharat is Sampan Bharat. Today on International Women's Day which is celebrated every year on the 8th of March globally, we have a very special guest with us. Susan Ferguson, UN Women Country Representative. Today she will talk to us about the theme of 2022 and how we can make our society more inclusive and break the bias the theme for international women's day this year is gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow recognizing the contribution of women and girls around the world who are leading the charge in climate change adaptation mitigation and response to build a more sustainable future for all Thank you so much uh, Susan for joining us today and giving us your time and speaking on this very very critical issue to celebrate Women's Day. Thank you so much for having me Ambika. It's a pleasure to be here. Susan the first thing what I would like to ask you is uh, tell us about the theme this year when we talking about celebrating Women's Day well every day we sh- it is a celebration every day we should celebrate women every day but if I specifically ask you about 8th of March Thank you for the question. So, eighth of March. I mean, you're absolutely right. Women should be celebrated every day. Um, but this is really a special time of the year where we specifically focus on the contribution that women make to everyone's lives, um, and the home, and also in the public sphere. And uh, this year, there is this theme about uh, you know gender equality within the context of sustainable development. Um, mm-hmm. So it's such an important issue for us to to look at and to look at the connections with women's empowerment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about sustainability, tell us what, especially since we're talking about the theme this year, what is the impact of climate change on women, and why gender equality? is important for a sustainable tomorrow for each one of us. Okay, well, as everything, uh climate change has a specific impact on women and men, girls and boys differently. And that's because in many places in the world, in fact every place in the world, women and men's lives are often quite different. So, um it has a differential impact. and uh if we look at the impact of climate change you know a drier world for example means that on a very practical level women are really badly affected because in many parts of the world they still have to collect water for the family so it yeah. means they need to walk much further to get to water holes they need to walk further to find fuel sources if they're using trees for example that may have been cut down So this means they have less time for, you know, earning a living or looking after their households. So that's an example of of actually very practical impact on women's lives of climate change. So huge impact on women, uh, you know, climate change and frequent disasters like whether it's floods displacing lives, livelihoods do have a greater impact on women in the form of early marriages, trafficking, disruption of education and health. we do see a lot of girls dropping out of school you know when they start menstruation i mean we do see that gender disparity women are also largely employed in agricultural sector and as you know as when their crop failures as unviable agricultural practices all this impacts them in some way or the other what is the way forward how can we center stage women in when we talk about climate change mm-hmm. 
Well, um, I think you've just given a, a really good rundown of how climate change impacts on women's lives. Um, and just um, before getting to the specifics of your question, also, you know, women are often poorer than men, for example. So climate change impacts worse on them because they're already further behind. So, you know, I think what it's very, very important for women to have a say in, um, in a climate response so, you know, women in decision-making is absolutely crucial, both within their family, so they can be involved in discussions with their husbands and their family members, their communities, about what to do to adapt to climate change, for example, because if they're not involved and they're not sitting at the decision-making table, even at that level, the solutions that people are coming up with are not, not necessarily going to meet their needs so women in decision-making is really crucial, and that involves, of course, some changes around social norms for women in families and communities, what I often call family governance. But then also um, the changes need to occur in the public domain. So, again, women in decision-making in parliaments and in judiciary and in business is really crucial to make sure that, uh, that planning and mitigation and adaptation includes the needs of women and men. So I think that, that women in decision-making is really crucial. But I think we also have to invest in women's interests, you know. So as ideas are coming up that are, that are either solutions that, in, uh, that impact well on women, we need to then invest in them. You know, we need to find um, people who will invest ideas and money and resources to make some of these ideas a reality. Um, and I think importantly, and this is so clear around the world actually, investing in young women is so crucial because, you know, it's this young generation that are often the really incredible change makers in this, in this kind of issue. I mean, I think you've really put that well, that it really starts from decision making and right from the early age, because, you know, they may have the solution sometimes, which we, you know, tend to overlook. But, you know, looking at the positive sign, um, you know, uh, Susan, globally, we see that women today are breaking all stereotypes. In fact, gender biases. How can we really create an equal society? Because we see a lot of male dominated professions, which women are doing really well. Yes. Well, you're right. I think that there's been amazing movement over the last sort of decades, really. We can see enormous changes for, on gender equality around the world um, and India included. So um, I think that there are some very basic things we can all do around gender equality and, the, and you know, bringing forward equality for all because there are still uh, women still lag in some of the statistics um, and some of those things are very practical again like sharing the care work at home you know men and women sharing the care of the children and the elderly and the sick um, because care work is a huge um, inhibitor of women's ability to 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 look outside the domestic sphere um, and also on that note you know sharing the household chores um, and interestingly, you know, there was a study a while ago that showed that some of the sticking points for women's equality really are these very basic things at home that stop yeah. us from being able to be participate equally in society. 
So, um, you know, and then we get to around the sort of voice ideas like, you know, calling out sexism when, when we see it, linking up with other women and men, you know, male supporters um, to, to advocate changes is, is also very important, you know, and then just, uh, you know, really living our right to have a voice and live freely mm. is also really important. So, you know, it's not only a fundamental human right, gender equality, it's mm. also a very necessary foundation for um, a sustainable, peaceful world. And, you know, we need that now more than ever. Absolutely. I mean, it's true. It's not just a right. It is needed and it, it must be done. Susan, you have so much experience when it comes to working with women. Of course, you all across the globe. But today in India, when we talk about women specifically, I mean, you, uh, gender, just, just a very basic question. We know education is key. What are your thoughts on something as basic? Again, it's a basic right. How important is education for women? Well, Ambika, actually, I think it's almost number one, you know. I mean, I think in the development world, for many years, it's been recognised that education, equal education for girls and boys, um, is really transformative. Um, if you can get girls into school and keep them into school, then it really opens up so many opportunities for, for them as they grow. And, in fact, you know, more educated women, and it doesn't mean tertiary educated women even, just, you know, like primary education finished, has a lasting impact on a girl's life in that it, it reduces the, um, the age that she's likely to have children, for instance, which opens up a whole lot of other opportunities for her. It means that she is more likely to get a job and earn income and reinvest that in her household. So with better food for children and the family, better, better houses actually even to keep families healthier. So it has this kind of ripple-on effect for her importantly, but also for her family. And it, it's really yes. key to meeting the Sustainable Development Goals. I think what you've said that, you know, how it affects not only her, but also the family in every way, of course, I mean, personally as well, but even if she, can, she she's a contributing member, not yes. only to the family, also the economy, which when we're looking at, you know, I mean, women at the end of the day, you know, Susan, when we talk about leaving no one behind, I think women here are key. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm, I'm massively, I mean, it's so crucial. And actually I've been trying to get people to think a little bit differently about this, like, it's true that women form um, the kind of often, sadly, the sort of bottom layer of vulnerability. You know, if you look at all the different intersecting things that hold people back, women are often at the, the, the bottom end of those things. So there is huge vulnerability. But on the other hand, women are 50% of the population, you know. Yes. We really are a force for change and a force for economic growth mm-hmm. and for development. So, you know, I really think that, so important to harness women's energy and unlock their barriers so that they can really help bring countries forward in their growth and development. Absolutely, Susan. I think, you know, what we've been discussing, just just going back on, you've told us the solutions, you know, we've spoken about how it affects us, the sustainability, gender biases, but just going back a little bit, uh, the challenges, I mean, when it, when we look at the impact on nutrition, when we look at the impact on whether it's access to menstrual hygiene and COVID has even made things more challenging. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. I think 
around the world it's true, you know, that for everyone economic development has slowed and, again, because women are often not in the most secure positions, they're often the first to lose their jobs and they've been the last to get them back again afterwards. So, um, So COVID really has put a big spanner in the works um and you know let us hope that we can you know i i mean i really think with covid too it's we've had to be innovative haven't we you know Um, and so i think that these innovations are going to be absolutely crucial going forward in the world that we live in now um and that women have been shown to come up with some of those innovations and also benefit from them so let's hope that they are a part of this um, unlocking the, the barriers. You know, just a question on uh, the UN. I mean, y'all have also a lot of ways in which y'all are trying to get women out there. Um, anything you would like to share with us about anything specific, what UN women in India are doing? Well, thank you. So, yes, we are doing a range of different things, but I think one of the programs that's really um sort of relevant to this conversation is the work that we're doing on the Second Chance Education Program, which is really helping women who've had to leave school early for various reasons, helping them get back into school, get finished with school, and then also those who don't want to go back to school but want to um, be trained for employment, um, helping them access government programs of of training. Yeah, skills. Yes, skilling and also entrepreneurial um, strengthening, you know, strengthening their ideas and looking at trying to get further investment in women's businesses. So, uh, you know, and that's a partnership with the government and also with civil society. And it's Mm -hmm. a very exciting program. Just small things, you know, when I went uh, to Odisha, I met women farmers who had been farmers their whole lives but they hadn't been able to access some of the, the knowledge um, and tools that men had. So they hadn't been registered as farmers and we helped them through the training and things get registered and then they could access social support that the government had to give them, you know, basic tools and implements and it, it really made their living viable. So um, it's just so important I mean, uh, actually, wonderful. You've put that, you know, really well What the points which you've said. Just to last, another message, of, you know, for all, not only the women, obviously it starts from the men accepting. I mean, not only accepting, it's about inclusion. So any message you would like to give everyone on this woman's day? Well, um, firstly, that their men are key to the solution for women, you know, um, because we are half the population, the other half are men. Um, in all of our diversities, I'm not saying that all women or men are the same, um, sure. but uh, it's just so important for men to understand the importance for the woman himself in being mm-hmm. involved in in all of that life has to offer. Um, and it's important for men to support women to be able to, you know, access government schemes or live their lives in a way that um, is positive and healthy so um, you know we live in relationship with men um, Mm -hmm. and it is our partnership with men is crucial for both for allowing uh, you know if women can take more of the the work in the public sphere 
then that also allows men to have more of a role at home. And many men want to have more of that role. But they're also locked up by social norms that make it difficult for them to do that. So, you know, we really welcome men's support and, and partnership in this road to equality. Absolutely true. I think uh, the change we see, Susan, is happening, but a lot more definitely needs to be done. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for speaking with us. You're very welcome, Ambika. Thank you. And happy International Women's Day. That's it on the Baneka Swastanja podcast this week. If you have comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banega Swastanja. You can also connect with us on Banega Swastanja handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue the conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy, stay safe.